Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And I know that I know that I know that I know there are so many people listening to this podcast who are just very artistic in nature and they're creators and, and they, they build beauty and they've talked about writing books and, and, but then they let fear get in their way or they, they want to start something or paint or put themselves out there and they let fear get in their way. So we have Corey Walmsley and she is within the publishing industry, right? You have to tell people exactly what you do, but I know you do a great job of giving people the path to get their books out into the world. So welcome, Corey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Happy to have you here. So tell people a little bit about what you do. Yeah, um, so I'm a publisher. I'm also a writing coach, book editor, and an author myself. So I've been through all the different pieces of the process. Um, I have an understanding of basically everything you can possibly do from coming up with an idea for a book to actually getting it out to the world. Um, We mostly work with people who do nonfiction, um, people who are business owners, or they have a story that was special to them um, with their family or their, you know, their lives that they want to get out and help people overcome something, Um, big challenges, uh, multiple hurdles, whatever it is there that they have been through, they want to share that journey with others and help people overcome that faster. I love it. I love that you mentioned that you had all aspects because I was like visualizing you in these different hats. Like there's like an editor hat and there's a marketer hat and there's a a author hat and there's a creator hat. Right. Mm -hmm. And no one's perf. I mean, I know you just said you're all of them, you know, so I'm not insulting you, but I, I want people to be like, Hey, I don't have to be perfect at every single one of those. I can find support. To, to surround myself with rather than just throwing a stop sign into my own life. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important to recognize. Um, when you know that you are kind of stopping yourself from doing stuff, that's when you need to reach out. Um, that's why we offer like the different steps of the process. So I don't tell everybody like, Oh, you're thinking about a book. You need to come to me for coaching. Um, some people like to write on their own. And it's when I see people who are, you know, taking five, 10, 20 years working on their books, that's when they really need to say, Hey, I need a coach because this is an important story. Um, or if they're really, you know, driven to get that book out there, then, you know, they come to us with the editing process because, you know, I know what's in my head when I'm writing a book and I pass it to my editor and she's like, this doesn't make sense, this paragraph. So, you know, we, we try to help people with whatever part it is that is holding them back. So when I writing both of my books, um, I was not prepared for, I had a professional editor, but then I had all these beta readers, right? And the beta readers were so wonderful because they were so honest. Yeah. Right. They were, it was wonderful. And like the payoff in like the final product is amazing. Right. Because no one says this didn't make sense or I don't understand this or because someone already told me it didn't make sense. (laughs) Right. Reader's not always going to tell you. You need to have, you know, some beta readers, um, an editor at the bare minimum. Because your ed- your reader isn't going to buy the book and then email you and be like, Sarah, this doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain this further? They're just going to go, eh, well, I guess I'm not going to get it. And they might not even finish reading the book. 
and they're lot, you know, you've lost your impact right there. So that's why it is important to get it in other people's hands before it's published. Well, and there's a different personality. We've talked about perfectionism, you know, and there's a different personality in like I'm wearing my editor hat versus I'm wearing my author hat. Yes, definitely. Um, So I like to tell people when you're doing your book, um, you write drunk, you edit sober. So you don't necessarily have to be drinking, but when you're writing drunk, you're letting it all go. You're, you know, just letting everything come out. You're not judging yourself. You're saying what you want to say. You're getting it all out on the page. Um, That's how you get a draft done. If you're judging yourself while you're writing, you don't end up with a, a final draft. You end up with something that is just stilted. You're you're stopping yourself constantly. And it's really a lot of times from self-judgment. Um, when you finish your manuscript, then you do need to read it over. And that's when you can put on your editor hat and you can say things like, does my audience need to read this? Is this something I need to share with them? Is this too much information? Do I need to give more? That's when you can kind of ask, you know, helpful questions, not insulting questions helpful always. And see if that's something that you do want out there. Um, You might get through a whole chapter and go, you know what, this has nothing to do with the process. I was just venting. And you might decide to cut it. And that's okay, because you have your editor hat on. And that's when you're, you know, coming at it from that higher perspective of, you know, what does my audience need? What do I want to share with them? How am I helping them connect with me? Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing even there's, you need two feet. Like there has to be a foot on the gas and a foot on the brake. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems like so many people are comfortable with one. Like people who are really comfortable in the editing process is like break, 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 break. And then <laughs> five, you know, 15, 20 years later, it's like, there's no book. Yeah. There's no book, right? And then you have people like me. I'm like gas, like to the ground. You know, <laughs> it's just, I go like jump out of that plane. And then, and I have, oh, yeah. I have to have to have to have to surround myself with lots and lots of editors. You know, there's there's one professional one and then a lot of really people who like love me and are very good at this, right? Because I'll just throw it out there, right? And that's neither one alone is good. Right. Um, I love that you hit the gas and just go on it. Um, I'm the same way. I wrote my last book in just six weeks. Once I had the outline done, it was like six weeks. I was so excited to write it. I sat down every day and worked on it. Um, But then when it was done, I gave myself a couple of weeks and didn't touch it at all. And then I went back through with my editor hat on and asked questions, you know, okay, is this what I want to share? Um, Once I got through that, that's when I passed it to my beta readers. And then once they got through it, I passed it to my editor. And it's really important to do all of those things because, um, you know, you don't want to get into this process and stop yourself. You don't, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to make an impact. You want to get it out to the world. And I see a lot of people who will, um, you know, rush through the process of writing and then just be like, all right, it's done and on to the next thing. And it's, you know, you have to have a balance there. Um, Just spitting it out and putting it up on Amazon is not going to help you make an impact. And I know people who just do that and I'm appalled by that. Um, So I want to say if if that ever crosses anyone's mind, please don't do that. Like absolutely hit the gas, you know, get your book done, but then rely on some other people who have your back. Um, And I do think that's part of the the fear too. Um, When people get that book done, 
Um, sometimes they do just hit the gas and put it up because they are afraid to work with an editor. They're afraid to work with beta readers because they have like that red, red pen fear where they're like, oh my God, they're correcting me. They're telling me I'm wrong. And really the red pen is enhancing your writing. So you do have to kind of change your mindset on that. Um, your editor is your ally. They, they are your friend. They want you to put out a good book. They want you to help people. They're not in editing because they like to correct people and tell them they're wrong. <laughs> they like to help people um, and merge their skills with yours to get a book out there. I'm so glad you said that. I, I will say for my listeners, I followed the exact same process. And it's like, as you were talking, I was kind of like, okay, hit the gas, then hit the crowd, right? Like whether it be beta readers or editing, like that's there, there has to be this like other yeah. group of people before it hits the press. <laughs> right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the exact process I did. And after, if anyone who's experienced, you know, controlling partner, controlling parent, toxic boss, whatever, that, I'm glad you mentioned that because I will be very honest and say that process of people telling me over, it was just crazy. I would open my email and somebody else in my head, I was like, okay, somebody else told me something I did wrong. Then I opened the email again and somebody else would tell me something I did wrong. And it was very very hard on me. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this last book, the first becoming toxic person proof was kind of like my, like, oh, let's see if I can pull this off. Right. And then this next book problem solved has like, Oh, now there's like an expectation that this is good. Right. The first one, there was so much <laughs> grace. It was just like, Oh, let's see what happens. And now, you know, it, it did very well. So there's like, Oh, okay. Now I'm supposed mm-hmm. to know what I'm doing here in this book writing process. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, but I was like, okay, this is like my grown up book, right? Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, I know better. I'm like a business professional now. Like when I wrote the first book, it was just kind of like my own healing journey. And now it's like, I know what I'm talking about. People are paying me good money for this. Like, okay, I'm, this is my grown up book. Well, I had editors, then the beta readers, and they were like, Sarah, your first book was funny. People like you. Like, this is not <laughs> <laughs> it's just very, and this one girl loved me enough as a, a former client. She loved me enough. She kept coming back at me. I mean, she was like, I know that you don't want to hear this, but you need to make this more readable. Like this needs to be funny. Your first book was funny. You're funny. Yeah. And I was like, and you know, funny writing is hard. Like, be, yeah. Yeah, especially like female writers. When you think about, you know, comedians, they're all guys, right? You know, like yes. this process of, of being funny and writing, you know, and she just kept like, I mean, fighting me on it, quite honestly, yeah. like fighting me on it. And there's another girl, she's like fighting me on it. It felt like wrestling a bear, you know, and I'm like, yeah. you guys are readers. You don't even know, you know, you, all the evil, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you don't even know, like, this is my grown-up book. Don't you know I'm a grown-up now? I mean, it's just the yeah. crazy that, that my ego in my head and, and oh, stuff yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that process. It's so funny, the stuff that, that comes into our heads. And even, um, I mean, I was a professional editor for 10 years for the government before I started my business. And it took me a large chunk of that time to tell my, you know, my head trash to shut up and be like, okay, she's helping me because we would switch around work and say, okay, I wrote this, please edit. And we just switch it around. We, we all work together as a team and I would get stuff back and be like, oh my God, she hates me. She thinks I'm stupid. And finally, like the last couple of years I worked there, I was like, 
oh no, she actually is taking the time to, you know, point out stuff that would improve my writing because she loves me. Um, you know, you really have to sit down. Um, and I know this isn't something that most people are used to because not everybody sits around writing books all the time. So when, especially when you're a business owner, you have to sit down and be like, all right, my editor loves me. My beta readers love me. They would not be taking their time to help me and come at me like that if they weren't also, you know, in, engaged in this book being successful. And as far as um, like the funny writing, I love that your first book was funny and then you you changed gears and they came at you um, because they had an expectation. And it's really tough. Um, I, I think sometimes we we get a voice in our head as we're writing and, you know, it ends up not being our voice um, or it not being our, um, you know, the way we need to be sharing. It's not as on brand as it should be. So I'm curious, did you end up going in and changing the stuff? Absolutely. And it's it's much better for it, right? Because yeah. my my strength area is saying sticky concepts. Like in the new book, one of the, the concepts is like spaghetti thinking versus waffle thinking. And okay. I see a lot of people taking 20 problems and wrapping them all together as if they are one problem, right? Okay. So they can't move forward and problem solve. So we need to learn how to take our problems one bite at a time, like waffles. Okay. okay. So probably you'll, from my background of being able to say that in front of people, they usually remember it, right? And it's yeah. usually a very like sticky concept that it's like, oh, I've never heard that before. And I understand exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of my superpower is taking these really complex, like I just basically broke down overwhelm for you in like yeah. 30 seconds, right? So yeah. what people don't know is I rewrote that chapter for a year, oh, for a year, right? And the final version of it went to my high school English teacher who was so gracious to read it. And yeah. she said, your book is great. And this chapter is terrible. And it was like, that's the one I've been redoing for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I really changed it because, and she was right. And they were all right. Right. They were all right. And just redoing it and redoing it. And, and when you try to explain really, really heart wrenching, complex, like you've been doing this life strategy for 20 years, it's your 30 or 40 years. It's not gotten you where you want to go. I'm trying to talk you into a new life strategy, you know, reading like that as a textbook. Versus like, um, okay, well, I'll tell you this one story from it. So I talk about fear. We're talking about the beer and, and fear of writing is one of the things that I talk about. Cause it's like, Hey, that process you were talking about, you could write the book and then wait to see when you show it to people, but you need to actually write it when it's just in your head. Nothing counts. Let's just take that one little step of like the practical problem of like, okay, let's just, just write it. And then you can decide later when you want to put it out into the world. And it's kind of, I know that you as a writing coach, yeah, probably common knowledge. To you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We get that. Um, I, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I'm kind of writing a book. I'm like, you got to commit to it. If right. you don't sit down and actually, um, actually uh, I put out my, um, my newsletter this month and I was talking about how I, I have another book in my head and some notes. And so I'm writing a book, but I'm not really committed to it right this second because I've let other things take up my prioritized, prioritized time. 
Um, so you really have to sit down and say, all right, this is a priority. My story is a priority. My impact is a priority. And I'm going to do this because I want to help other people or, you know, entertain other people or whatever it is that your goal is with your book. So that, that writing fear, I think, I think that part of it is that you don't believe in yourself enough to say, you know what? I can help people. I can entertain people. I can, you know, walk them through this strategy, whatever it is. Um, And, you know, again, I don't want to judge or insult people, but that's something that we all deal with at some point, even if it's, you know, some little voice in our head, that's like, nobody's going to read that book. Uh, Nobody's going to get what you think they're going to get out of this. So you get into these kind of things, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, it's a back burner book. Um, you know, you have to bring it to the front burner and you have to commit to it. Uh, sometimes, and I know this is a weird trick, like, like how dumb are we that this trick works, but just putting on your calendar, like, you know, writing time two to four and, you know, you're more apt to keep an appointment if it's on your calendar. So just those little kind of things can make, you know, make progress on your book. Um, even looking at the end of a month and saying, you know, hey, I wrote a thousand words this month. That's good. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's about solving emotional problems and practical problems. Like you being afraid of writing the book is an emotional problem to solve. Yeah. You putting that time on your calendar to actually write is a practical problem to solve. Mm-hmm. And when people start, I talk about emotional elephants in the book. And uh, when I was little, I was watching America's Funniest Home Videos. And uh, this a uh, video came across the screen of my parents' TV screen. I'll never forget it. And this zookeeper was cleaning up behind the elephant and the elephant sat on its head. <laughs> and I remember thinking that has to be the worst way to die. Like your head is stuck in the elephant's butthole and you can, you can YouTube it. It is available for all the world to see still. <laughs> uh, that's my calendar. <laughs> If you have a middle school, uh, middle school child, they think it's hilarious, right? It's like perfect middle school humor, but it was horrifying as like, as like elementary school kid. I was like, this is terrible, you know, but I see a lot of people, my, you know, my genius zone of making concepts. Like, it's like, that's the memory of a kid. And, but I see a lot of people putting their fear, like they're feeding their fear and turning it into this huge emotional elephant and they're getting behind their fear. Right. And they're yeah. getting sad or pooped on or whatever, else, right? It's just like, it's yeah. bad. And, you know, we need to get in front of that fear and be leading ourselves and leading that fear rather than that fear blocking our whole view. Even if you don't end up inside the elephant's butt, like yeah. it's still, it's still sticky <laughs> back there. Yeah. Um, one of the tricks that I always tell people to use, um, when, when you are in that fear and you're like, oh my God, nobody's going to read my book. Everybody's going to hate it. Um, I'm going to get one star reviews, like all of that kind of stuff you have to, you know, actively like push all of those thoughts out and focus back in on your audience and your purpose. Um, I always work with my clients at the beginning of the process and say, you write down your audience, you write down your purpose. What is it you want them to get out of it? And if I'm having just a conversation with them, you see them light up and you know that there's no fear present. It is all love shining through. Like I'm going to help my audience get through, you know, whatever this challenge is, I'm going to walk them through it because I've been through this before and I don't want other people to go through that. And I'm like, write that down because every time that you think your book sucks or you think no one's going to read it, you need to go back and read that. Because that's going to re-empower you and help you get through the process. Um, Because if you're focused on that fear, 
it keeps you trapped. Um, it keeps you behind the elephant. If you yeah. are focused on the, the big goal, you're riding the elephant. So yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All the stuff in my new book and all the stuff I know you're helping people with and very specifically about writing books, because that is not what I'm going to be doing with my life. <laughs> so Corey, tell people where they can find out more about you. And uh, if they're interested in writing a book or getting a writing coach, where can they find out more about you and your work? Sure. Um, so my books are available on Amazon. I have an author page on there. So if you're curious about my work, um, you can always go on there, um, Barnes and Noble too. Um, my website's coreywamsley.com. So pretty easy to remember. Um, my company is Aurora Corealis. So if you don't remember my name, you can search auroracorealis.com and that'll pop up as well. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Pinterest. I'm pretty much everywhere. And it's all either Aurora Corealis or Corey Wamsley. So yeah. And if people reach out, I love chatting with people about their books and, you know, answering questions because my big goal is to just help everyone get their book out there, get it done right the first time um, and make a bigger impact. I love it. And we will put all those links and things in the show notes. So you, people don't have to remember, they can just go back and click. Okay. Um, and I would love to invite our listeners to check out my newest book, Problem Solve, Simple Habits for Complex Decisions. So there actually is information about breaking down the writing process um, from getting the emotions sorted out from the practical problems to solve, and then making sure you don't die from elephant poop, which is a good goal. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> awesome, Corey. Thank you for helping us become toxic person proof. Sure, thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof. 